With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. One, I mean, I golf with you probably, probably twice a month. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And so, I mean, let's just say we probably get in anywhere from 12 to 14 rounds a year. Mm-hmm. And of those 14 rounds, you know, I, I always peek in your bag and, oh, what, what new toys do you have today? I mean, I did it. I did the exact same thing, like, today. Like, oh, yeah. what, what, uh... What what new sticks you got? And obviously you uh, you've you've now come to uh, a set of clubs that that you feel comfortable with. But yeah, it's yeah it's it always amazes me. Um, and I even tell people you know about you because I'll mm-hmm. be like oh yeah you know how did I uh, you know start start hitting this driver? It's like oh it's funny this there's a backstory and then a yeah. friend of mine a fr- a, you know has his own podcast and. Mm-hmm. So now you're a part of it. Jealousy is <laughs> unhealthy. It's uh, all right. To a point. Listeners, we're talking right now. We're just going to get into it, I think. Uh, you're, the voice you're hearing, well, you know me. This is Adam from GolfAndFiltered.com. You know you can reach me on Twitter at GolfAndFiltered, and you can send me an email at GolfAndFiltered at gmail.com. Uh, the other voice you're hearing is my buddy Matt. And so uh, That is I. Yeah. And we were just kind of, we were talking about what we wanted to talk about today, and we didn't have any plans. <laughs> we were joking because, like, normally when we have, as you guys know, listening to this, we've got people who talk about equipment a lot, which we're going to do. We have people that want to come on, companies that want to sell their stuff, basically. And there's always this agenda that I want to get to, but I literally have no idea <laughs> what we're going to get to today. But I think we have at least some semblance of some some topics. It just goes to show you how important I am. <laughs> That's right. I didn't even take the time. <laughs> to, to put an agenda together. But before we get any further, um, we're drinking, and I don't know why I'm drinking again after yesterday. Uh, peer pressure. Peer pressure, but no, it's all right. And we're it's because it's a cool can. It is a cool can. What, what are we drinking right now? Dead Guy Ale Rogue. Hmm. So it's completely black. It's got white lettering on it, and this is this is pretty damn good. It's an IPA, 6.8, so hopefully this will... I'm still hungover. It is... <laughs> Nine o'clock at night, and you guys saw on Twitter today, and we're recording this on a Saturday evening. We played golf this morning. We did. This or afternoon. afternoon. We did. Kind of my morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it was definitely the worst hangover I've had in years. <clears throat> and it was me, you, and another friend of ours, another Adam. And uh, we went to Orchard Valley. We did. In Aurora. Yeah. So people uh, local, Chicagoans will probably know that. First time I'd ever been on the course. As me. Yeah. And uh, I, we kind of threw out the, the ground, um, you know, went back and forth. On, on, mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we played it on a, a Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. at 3 o'clock. We teed off about 2.45. And on Golf Now, we uh, got a price of 35 bucks, which... Ridiculous. Pretty pretty ridiculous around Chicago. You know, everywhere else we were looking was $55 and up, so... Mm-hmm. I, I live in Lyle, um, Adams and Lamont, so 
you know, Orchard Valley was maybe 20 minutes from yeah. each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I, I really liked the course. The layout was actually really fun. Um, there were a lot of different holes that you would, you could play, you know, a number of different ways. Um, but aesthetically, very pleasing. Yeah. Um, great par threes. Uh, the course was in great shape. We didn't play the par threes great, but we, they, they we were really not. nice. Yeah. Sometimes, actually, one of them, both of us birdied. Oh, you're right. I we forgot did, we that We did play one. that as a threesome two under. Yeah. We also played a few of them, uh, more than a few yeah. under. Well, we played the back tees, and it was, from the back it was 67? 67 and a half, yeah. yeah. And I think they made up for a lot of yardage on the par threes. I mean, the last one we played was 212. We stick. played a number of them about 200 yards. Yeah. Um... But then, you know, there was one that was a, a buck 30, so, mm-hmm. you know, kind of evened out, which was fun. It's it's fun playing, you know, like a, a cute little par three and then yeah. uh, an intimidating 200-yard par three with that you have to carry water, you know, 190. Right, definitely. And, and you know, we should probably talk a little bit about how we know each other. And so uh, Matt and I went to high school together. Um, way, way back. Way back when. Uh, we... We won't say how many years ago. No, it was. no, that's fine. It was long ago enough. Uh, we went to college together. Then we lived, roomed each, with each other for the did. first two years. We did, and then uh, so yeah, probably over. God, what? Definitely over twenty years we've known each other, right? God, that makes me feel so. I bad. know, <laughs> but uh, you're a good player. You're probably legitimately not what the strokes we want to give you every time we play, but you're probably what a four, five. I would say a. A three to a four, so maybe okay. a three and a half. So um, I did play college golf at Bradley University for a couple of years, my first couple of years there, uh, and then I um, decided that I liked the drinking aspect of college and uh, the school aspect. I obviously had to yeah. manage, so it was just a little too much to do everything. Um, but no, it was uh, a great experience and. Now that I've been playing non-competitively for the most part, I've started to, not started to, I mean, I've <clears throat> been non, uh, playing non-competitively for about, you know, 15 years now and, mm-hmm. you know, started to love the game again, you know, back like I did when I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. I never played competitively. Um, I played with you and, and uh, our other friend who we played with today was a, a pro for a while at, uh, at a country club. Really good player. Told us he had a dream that he was going to make 10 birdies and shoot 74, and he almost fucking did it. So he tells us in a text, hey guys, I, I had a dream that I uh, had 10 birdies and shot 74. Is that what he said? That's what he said. So yeah. he has in the past uh, had round, he is an up and down player. He's a guy that, you know, will roll in. He, he had four birdies in a row today. Yeah, he did. Uh, and then he had a couple doubles, and he hit some of the worst shots that you would ever think of a guy that had five birdies in the first seven holes. Yeah. Um, we had legit 59 watch going. I, I, not 59, <laughs> but 10 birdies was definitely on. He rolled his fifth birdie put in, and I said, swear to God, if you roll this in, I'm walking to the, par- the parking lot <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I'm done. And he did. And he did. Yeah. Uh, but then he proceeded to uh, have a little less than stellar back nine. Yeah. Um, but regardless, you know, it's all good fun. I, I love, you know, when we can all get out together, mm-hmm. me, you, and uh, the other Adam, and um, just kind of... Shoot the breeze, mm-hmm. have a few drinks. <laughs> Apparently drink an entire bottle of Bloody Mary mix yeah, like you did. Yeah, that's <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly that happened. So we, uh, <clears throat> to transition to what we do at Golf and Filter, 
and why you're involved now. Um, you know, listeners, you guys know that we do a lot of stuff here. And when I say we, I pretty much mean me. Uh, my wife helps out every so often with, you know, photography or whatever else. But uh, it got to a point with, uh, as you guys know, I've got a day job. Matt has a day job. Um, you know, this is not what I do full time. And so it got just to be uh, not enough time. A little overwhelming. A little overwhelming, I guess, to do it the right way. You know, I mean, this is the first podcast that we're recording in... A couple weeks. Uh, normally, I try to get it out every Monday, but it's just hard. Um, and that's not a complaint. It's just that's the way life goes sometimes. And so I reached out to Matt, and he offered, you know, he's like, hey, yeah, I'll help out. So that's why you hear him now on the podcast. And so a couple things that Matt's going to help out with. He's going to be doing stuff like this whenever we have time to sit down. It's actually better to have a face-to-face conversation as opposed to always over Skype, which you guys know is what I normally do. Uh, he's going to test equipment for us, too. Um, definitely gives it a different viewpoint then two people is always better than one of course you know you get a different viewpoint than me um and uh, he's going to contribute a little bit to the website as well you know we haven't really decided or figured out what he's going to write about but it'll be something i so, got a few ideas up my sleeve there you go see he's already done his own due diligence so at gu we do a lot of equipment talk that sounds like you know a, a university, a university that, that, yeah. you, that at, you've accumulated and, and yeah, here at Golf University, here. right? And we do a lot of equipment talk. That's what people like to t- uh, hear about. And you've got a few things in your bag right now that are relatively new. Mm-hmm. I know today you're using a new putter. I did. I uh, so just last <clears throat> thing two weeks ago, uh, got the Odyssey Old Works Tank mm-hmm. Number Seven. Um, and I, I love it. You were making you you drained. I, I don't know a few ten footers. I saw today. I would say probably at least six. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was it, it, the the ball was rolling really well. And so the second round that I played with it, um, I've always played the Odyssey two ball, um, and always liked the aesthetics of it. Um, you know, lining it up, but I I feel that I'm much easier and and it fits my eye a lot better to align the putter to the line that I want to hit it on. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the 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 two lines on the putter, the the different color scheme that it is. Um <clears throat> but the reason that I made I switched to the tank putter was I've always had a smoother, longer stroke and I wanted a, a heavier golf putter head mm-hmm. to be able to not have to swing as hard for for you know, all my pots. Yeah. Um, just get the, the the putter on a good momentum swing and on a good line, and um, I'm I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I'm it, really happy with it. It sure seems like you are, and you know, uh, I'm testing out as you know an Odyssey EXO uh, mm-hmm. Rossi, I think is what it is mm-hmm. right now, and I like it. I like the way that it frames the balls you just mentioned. Um, you know, that came out. I believe the official release date was actually yesterday. I forget what today's Ooh. date is, but. Um, it's actually quite it's been nice. In your bag before the release date. It was. It was. Yeah, I'm trying it out just for a little bit. Um, I'm not going too far away from my uh, the Huntington Beach putter that I love from yeah. Cleveland. You know, that, that's just a great putter. But it's nice to kind of mix things up every so often, and I'll probably end up going back to the Cleveland to be honest. Sure. With you. Um, but you know, in addition to the new putter you've got, you've also in your bag you've got Mizuno. I do. You got the, the I- irons. The, uh, MP5s. MP5s. That's right. And uh, what are your thoughts on, they're basically blades, 
They are. Um, do you feel that? Because even guys on tour, they play a lot of cavity backs. They, they play, do. you know. So where where do you think irons are going right now? <sighs> That's a great relates. question. So yeah. a little bit of background of the irons that I had played. The irons that I had in my bag before this were the Ben Hogan uh, 1999 Apex Blades, which were the best feeling irons that I have ever hit. Yeah. Um, I just feel that you know when when you hit it on that sweet spot and it, it's unlike any any club that you've ever hit. Um, so I've always liked the feel of a blade. Yeah, it's maybe not necessarily as forgiving. Um, but the way I think of a blade, I'm not a club manufacturer, right. um, but putting most of the weight behind the ball mm-hmm. as opposed to the perimeter weighting, that's how I feel that, you know, an iron should be made. A, a great analogy is when you hit a hammer, yeah. you know, you hit it, you line it up and, and you hit the nail. Yeah. Um, you know, if you turn it and you hit it a little on its side where the weight's not behind it. You, you're not going to hit that nail very, very sturdy. <laughs> and you know when you didn't hit it well. Right. So there's that feedback element. Right, exactly. You know, if you know you hit it off the, the heel or off the toe, um, you know, you get that feel that... that uh, you get like a, like a jarring almost. It's like when you're playing uh, baseball or whatever and you don't hit the sweet spot. Right. You hit it off the handle. Right. You know that you hit it poorly. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it, it does give, you know, a, a good feedback to... You know, next time I step up to a ball, you know, maybe make a little adjustments because golf is all about a, a, a series of adjustments throughout yeah. the round. You know, if you're the first three tee shots you hit are all going left, you make an adjustment, you mm-hmm. know, whether it be your grip or, or your, your swing path or your aim, whatever, uh, to make the correction. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, but getting back to the MP5s, you know, I I, I feel that they're a great club. Um I'm still a little partial to my Hogan's. I've, I haven't gone back to them. Uh, I'm still giving it a, a chance. Um, but no, I, I love the way they they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as unforgiving as people think. People get, I think, a little intimidated about, oh, you, those are blades. You know? yeah. I can't play blades. Right. Um, but I, I do love the where a lot of the, the sets are getting you know progressive to where you know the... Seven to wedge are blades, and then the six to threes, if people even have three irons anymore. Right. I know I do. Yeah. Um, are more of a, uh, um, a more forgiving yeah. head. Which is what I have now. Mm-hmm. I've got the combo set. I, the Srixon, um, they, they help me out, and they've, I've got exactly what you just described. You know, I've got the lower clubs uh, as blades, which are fine, and I know exactly how far they're going to fly right. when I hit them well. Right. <laughs> um, but I agree with you because when you the hammer analogy is a good one because if you get that instant feedback like you just explained, I mean, you do have the opportunity to make the adjustment. Um, but i got to tell you, at least for me, for the longer and mid-irons, uh, it's nice. It's almost I've gained a club a distance. You know, what, I, what I've actually found, though, in mine is so i've got the six and then it it you know branches over into the combo blade in in the seven there's a big gap there in distance so if i've got like 170 yards which i had a couple times today no idea what i'm gonna hit right and i just pick one but anyway so um, real quick bouncing on that like one of the things that kind of it irks me a little is the newer sets of clubs a four iron now mm -hmm. is what a um what a three iron was oh lofts you mean 20 years ago yeah. the loss yeah so yeah of course if you you know strengthen the loft oh these these are i'm hitting these further it's that's like, fair. yeah of course you are you're it's mm-hmm. everything this is 
you know, pushed up a, a half a club. Yeah. Um, that's why the one, the one thing I, I wish would have gained more traction was the Hogan uh, Fort Worth yeah. irons, yeah. the progressive to where you can pick what lofts you want for your iron set because the way I've always looked at it was I would rather have 10 yards between every iron from 100 yards to 170 and then maybe from 170 go every 15 yards because you're going to have one more of the shots from 170 yards in right and a lot of amateurs nowadays don't have the practice and maybe even the the skill to okay i have a 120 yard shot i hit my 54 <laughs> 130 right i have to you know choke down a little and and make it like three adjustments to hit the ball 120 yards right. it's like no you all you have is that's my club or mm-hmm. or if you're in between clubs, it's only five yards so you can just make small adjustments as opposed yeah. to this and that it's it's it- you hit the nail on the head again, not to go back to the hammer analogy, <laughs> uh, but people want to just go to the course. They pro- they may have hit the driving range sometimes earlier right. in the week. Right. They might hit balls before the round. Right. We didn't hit balls today, by the way. Um, and then you, you they just want to go out and play, and they expect to shoot their best score ever. Yeah, for them, you know, and it's just it doesn't work that and they way. Said, Why is golf so hard? <laughs> I never practice. Right, and I know we're talking about obvious things here, but it's sometimes it's it helps to take that step back and look at it that from a higher perspective. Because right. yeah, I mean, I agree with you that blades today are more forgiving than people give them credit for. I was mm-hmm. playing blade. I I can play them too. Right, but I'm losing out on a distance uh, benefit. That I'm getting from what I'm playing now, which is going to help me in the long term. Sure. You know? um, but in the same token, you know, I try to at least do something once a week, whether it be playing, whether it just go to the range, even if I'm just rolling putts on lunch. Right. You got to do something in the hope of uh, getting better. But then there's, of course, the folks that just want to go out there and be outside and they just want to play. They don't care necessarily. They want to go. They want to drink a thing of Bloody Mary mix. Uh, and that's what they want to do. They want to get out of the house for five hours. They want to escape family for five or right. six hours. And I feel like we had a few of those guys in front of us today. We did. <laughs> Which, you know, whatever. Um, but in addition to the irons that you've got, you also, um, you know, you hit the heck out of these Apex hybrids that I, you've had. I do. They're, they're ridiculous. I mean, you, why even carry a driver? So what I did was... <laughs> I made the mistake of going to Golfsmith when it was still in business, mm. and oh yeah, I'm I'm just browsing, and then the guy's like, "Hey, hit this club." I'm like, "All right," I hit it, and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> I have to, I have to buy this club." Sorry, no, oh yeah. shoot, uh, that's all right. I dropped an f bomb earlier. I didn't even think about it, uh, and I was like, "Man, now I have to buy this club." And then I bought the two hybrid, and then I'm like, man, now I have to buy the four hybrid mm-hmm. because I hit the two hybrid so good. I took my three wood out of my bag completely because I just can hit this club off the tee and off the ground, and it's so versatile. And yeah. you know, I I now have a driver and a two hybrid. Yeah. Um, and it's just technology has come to. I was always kind of an anti hybrid guy. Yeah. Um. Because I was, I always loved my three, four irons. You know, I can hit those well enough to where I didn't need, you know, a, a, a hybrid um, from, you know, two hundred plus out. Right. Um, 
but it's it, it, it's they're just so easy to hit, and mm-hmm. it's which is interesting because I actually went in the opposite direction. So I took the hybrid out of my my uh, bag, and I've got in uh, favor of in fa- favor of the uh, a utility iron, right? Which is basically a hybrid. Yeah. I mean, the sole on the thing is pretty thick. It's it's between a hybrid and a driving iron. Yeah, it's really nice, and you know. The U sixty five from Strixon is what I'm playing, and you guys know you read the review on the on the site. It's an extremely solid club. You even commented today during uh, one of the long par threes that I had to hit it on uh, how it, how solid it sounds. It just sound, now, what degree is that? That is a twenty degree. No, okay. hold on, let me think. Uh-oh. Yes, it's a twenty degree. Okay. I had to remember the. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's right between my two hybrids and eighteen, and my four hybrid is a twenty three. Yeah. So it's you know like a, a three iron on steroids. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And you've so we we've covered most of your bag wedges. You're playing. What I'm you playing Titleist SM fours um, <coughs> that I put in my bag probably two years ago. Just solid clubs. Yeah. Um, I. Always teetered between Cleveland wedges, which were always solid. I played those, you know, high school and college. Um, but now, I, you know, I just went to the, the Titleist wedges, got the, um, yeah, we went through my whole bag, essentially. Basically, yeah. Yeah. He's got, I, got, I, I have to figure out my driver situation. That's just You've got a situation right now. Driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's... Driving it's... me absolutely nuts. So... I shot 76 today at Orchard Valley, and I had five penalty shots. <laughs> yeah, you did. And they they were five lost balls off mm-hmm, the tee. Mm-hmm. I just and it drives me nuts. Yeah. Um. I just need something. I I either need a a, a great driver or I need a great lesson. So <laughs> most people, you know, the easy thing is just to go buy a new club, right? You know, and that's what. Yeah. You know, this club isn't working. I. You know, maybe this club will work. When right. essentially all I probably need to do is go to, you know, pound balls for an hour and maybe get a lesson on it. Yeah. Um. But I just I just need something to to consistently get off the tee. I I hate being above a golf ball on the tee and not knowing where it's going. Oh, it feels so uncomfortable. <laughs> I this is where I want it to go and yeah. not feeling very confident that the shot is going to turn out the way I want. Yeah. You hit a you hit a really high ball too, and so you know it could be a shaft thing. I don't know, but you've tried a few things in the time I've known you, obviously for quite a while, and you know you'll get there eventually. Maybe it is just a matter of having a lesson, but who knows? I mean, there's those are hard to, to decipher as well, right? right? I mean, there's a million golf pros within our radius, right? You know, we can go to a bunch of them. Hell, our friend that we were talking about used to be a teaching pro. I mean, right. he can give us lessons and he does on occasion. Um, but it's always hard. I mean, so, you know, is part of wanting to get better jumping to just buying a new club? No. Is Well, is it is it done that way because people just are confused with how many less uh, pros no, are No, it's available? the way that the golf club companies want to make you think. Because <laughs> obviously not everyone that golfs is a scratch golfer. Sure. Um... But hey, you're you're hitting that driver that's you know five years old. This this new thing, this twisty face McFace, twisty you McFace, know, whatever is yeah. is gonna change your game. And I get it. You know, from a golf club manufacturing standpoint, they need to sell clubs. They need to market. They need to. Why is it different? Why do you need this club? And yeah, they could exaggerate the truth. It is what it is. Um, but to be to become better. I'm not going to just magically 
put a golf club in my bag and and it's going to fix everything. Yeah, no, it can't. Um, but that's what people want, and that's what people well, try. People want the easy fix. Yeah. People want. I, I don't mind throwing money at it, mm-hmm. but if I have to throw effort into practicing or getting a lesson, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have that time or if I want to put in. You know, do have the pains of of becoming better the the way that people normally do by yeah. practicing and by honing their craft. Yeah. Um, you it, know, I think that's the, the big problem is just people just don't have the time or want to make the time for it. That And that you have to in order to get better at anything, you know. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Sure. Now, you're also playing uh, one of the most changed things that you and I both do are we change our golf balls. We do. And you're playing cut balls. So I had played Pro V's probably the last four years. Um Mostly the X's as opposed to the Pro V's just because I wanted a little less spin. Um, but, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I did that Titleist, you know, promotion where buy three dozen, get the fourth free, which not a bad deal. Sure. Um, but you're still paying $50 a dozen for the golf balls. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm being, if I'm paying for a golf ball, am I really seeing a difference in a $50 ball compared to a, a different ball? And, and now what I love is the last, I would say, three to five years, they've come out with these, um, you know, straight from the manufacturer right. to the, the, re, the, the consumer, consumer. Yeah. Uh, straight to consumer golf balls, the Snells, the Vices, the Cut Golf Balls, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, are probably, they, they may not be the best of the best, but... The difference between them and the best is not worth paying the surcharge of an extra thirty dollars, twenty five dollars a dozen. Yeah. You know, if you can play a a, a great golf ball for twenty dollars as opposed to the best golf ball for fifty, yeah, and the the difference is mostly negligible, yeah. especially for amateurs. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I. I my mind is has been kind of opened, or my eyes have been opened to, um, you know, going that route. Yeah, yeah. We talk about it a lot on this this podcast, and we've had you know guys from Callaway, we've had guys from Bridgestone, you know, Srixon, others come on, and they and they they all mean well. And I and listeners, I mean, please understand. I mean, we we appreciate that, but I agree with you. I mean, it it is negligible. Well, it. The balls that you that you said, the Callaways, the Titleists, the TaylorMades, those are the best balls. Right, they are. They are. You know, they are the most <laughs> consistent, you know. Um, they don't scuff as much, so yeah. they're longer lasting. Those are the best golf balls. But the second the secondary mm-hmm. market, the golf balls, are not as bad as they were in I would say ten years ago. Right. You know, like the, the, the next level down Titleists or the maybe the Bridgestones or Sprigzons. Like, yeah. those balls just weren't as good. But I think the the lower companies, the under $30 per dozen companies have really made headway. Yeah. And I think it's – I think golf is going in the direction of becoming more affordable because golf clubs aren't going down anytime soon. Yeah. Golf – you know, greens fees aren't going down anytime soon. So, you know, if you could if if you could play a, a, a efficient golf ball at an affordable price, yeah, I think that's 
it was it's no brainer. Yeah. yeah, I mean the Q it really is the you know my favorite balls the Q Star Tour, and I just looked it up here, and I, I forgot how much they cost per dozen. They're under thirty bucks, twenty nine ninety nine a dozen. I mean, and, is that the Strixons? Yeah, the yeah. Q Star Tour. And it's in. The, I love them. Yeah, you know, I would put them up against at least for my game. Yeah, you know, any data that I would put out for hitting a Pro V one or anything else, and so the same can be said about uh, you know cut golf. I mean, these guys. You, you know, I mean, they're great. They you can buy a dozen for twenty bucks if you want to, and you know, you go. Your score's not being hindered. You still right. shot seventy six today. It, I I will even say, you know, the 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 cut golf ball on a couple of occasions that wedge I hit on the par three, it, yeah. it sucked yeah. back probably it you know fifteen yards. Yeah, which it, which a pro V would have done the same. Right. Um, I don't see. Yeah, Titleist, I love you, and, 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 and yeah, you you are the number one golf ball in golf. You constantly have the you know the the most people playing your ball at every tournament. Um, you're obviously doing something right, right? But obviously, they have to you know pay for their marketing. Yeah, of and that's being what the it number is. one, and that is what yeah. it is. They got to pay for their uh, their sponsorships. They got to right. pay for all that stuff. Right. So. You know, and it's funny because uh, listeners, we're going to talk a lot. Um, this is what we're going to talk about. You know, we're going to do more podcasts like this. We're going to, you know, have articles on the site and we want to hear from you as well. Just your insights. And I know that you guys have talked a lot about it with me, um, on not only the equipment that you play, but also your opinions, uh, on both sides, you know, well, Hey, it's $50 a dozen for a reason. We just talked about the main reasons because they have to pay others. But we also know that, you know, people are very loyal Brand loyalty is a really true thing. I mean, it's it the first driver you ever, the first driver I ever hit, I think, well, it was a wooden Spalding, <laughs> a Spalding Elite. But then, you know, if, if you were given a uh, a Callaway Big Bertha from your grandfather, for yeah. example, I mean, you're probably going to be loyal to Callaway, yeah. and that's just going to continue. And regardless of whatever you see, any commercials or ads, because they can't, that's priceless. You yeah. know, you have that memory of what it is. I will say that brand uh, loyalty is a thing. One, like I said, I just went from an Odyssey two ball to a new Odyssey putter. The one thing that I do love about Odyssey is they have so many different models because everyone has a different mindset of what they want, what they feel comfortable with over the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, say, you know, years ago they, they used to only come out with like two models a yeah, year, yeah. Um, you know, like, like maybe two different blades and two different mallets. Like this, these last couple of years, they've come out with like 10 or 12 different models, mm-hmm. um, which is great. You just, you make the same number of putters. You just make less of each putter yeah. and it, it's whatever feels most comfortable for the, the person, you mm-hmm. know, over the ball. Yeah. Like people change putters because one, it's not, it's, just not working and they need something different right but what do they do they go and they look at it they they take a putter they put it down and they're like oh that that looks good yeah. that fits my eye yeah um i also and, think not to interrupt but i also think one of the main reasons people change putters so often is if you go in any store it's the one club that you can hit without anyone helping you you can just go in grab a putter roll a few putts and yeah there's some hitting bays that you can put you know but I do it. Oh, yeah. I'll go and I'll just say, you know, I got 15 minutes on lunch. I'm going to go try a couple putters. Oh, I like this one. Maybe I'll yeah. pick it up. The one thing that I do think that people don't take into consideration is the people do need to get kind of fitted for a putter. Mm-hmm. And and not you don't necessarily have to go to a custom fit, but 
so many people don't even know the difference between like a um, a face balance putter and a toe down putter. Right. And it's for two completely different putting strokes. Yeah, it is. It's for you know the the typical toe down is maybe like a Scotty Cameron blade, like a Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know if it's basically you know you take it back and the putter blade is open Almost and it close. squares. Yeah. And when you follow through, it's closed. Yeah. As opposed to a face balance putter, uh, when you take it back, it's still as pretty square to the more square than a toe down. Yeah. So right. it's it's still pretty square, and then when you follow through, it still stays square. Yeah. People don't even know understand the difference between those. And if you can, I guess you know, go to a, a putter, uh, you know, a, a PGA tour. A PGA Superstore or right, whatever, and, right. and practice on different putters, but know the difference of what this putter is mm-hmm. and if it's a, a good fit for my putting stroke. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you're not going to change your putting stroke. Your putting stroke is whatever feels comfortable to you. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, but it, but people need to do more research onto mm-hmm. what this putter does and why I need this putter, rather than uh, it's just, I need something new and yeah. it, it costs a lot of money. So I, yeah. that'll help my game for sure. And this one looks pretty. And right. so I'm going to get, yeah, definitely. Right. I had someone tell me once, you know, uh, not to name brands, but obviously we all know that there are some brands out there that make some really good looking putters, but are you, do you want a piece of art that you're playing with or do you want something that's going to help you get the ball in the hole? And so I think the reason I bring that up is just because a putter might cost $500 and it's really nice and shiny and it might have a certain <laughs> face pattern. Right. You know, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to help your score at all. And in all honesty, you could probably go to a secondhand store and get a putter for $10. You can. And technology with putters hasn't changed that much drastically throughout the years the there's forgiveness little, there's little helped. things yeah yeah there's little things um yeah like a, a more forgiving putter if if you hit it just a little off center won't affect the ball as much right. nowadays as it maybe would have 30 years ago right but for the most part putter technology it hasn't had huge advancements i will say one with the the odyssey like the new Bullworks putters, mm-hmm. the the little hinge thing where yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does kind of um, change the ball coming off the putter a little bit. And I only know this because I, if you go on my Instagram, <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I don't even know what my Instagram is. <laughs> so once but, he figures that but out. But I did a, a slow-mo of the new putter. Mm-hmm. And what happened was typically, you know, Old putters, as soon as you make impact, it skids and it you know yeah. may jump. But the the putter that I had, it does essentially lift the ball off the ground slightly. Yeah, it says it's supposed to give roll right away, but it doesn't. Uh, but <laughs> it, doesn't. It, it it does you know slow instead of skidding, it will basically just hover a, a you know for the first inch or two of the putt right. and then get rolling it's Le- a- liam eleven ten is your instagram there we go there <laughs> there we go so go follow him. thank you for for uh you know doing yeah. the dirty work and i'm looking at the uh the video you're talking about right now and you're right it does lift it up just slightly and, and, just... and you can see it for mm-hmm. the first few inches essentially it's a knuckleball yeah it is and and then it does start you know it does catch the grass and it does get rolling yeah. online yeah um but you know, a lot of other 
putters maybe hit the ball into the ground or like I said it skids and that first few feet of the the putt is where the putt start I mean it's yeah, it's yeah. the the whole integrity of the putt is right. getting it online getting it rolling end over end as quickly as possible um and not jumping or not jumping offline. Yeah. yeah, it's important to kind of test all those things out, obviously. And, you know, when we do the tests here, I mean, it, it, we don't have all the fancy equipment that, you know, you could go. You even, don't? I've got some things. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it, stuff as simple as just using your smartphone to take a video in yeah. slow-mo like you just did. I mean, it tells you, it, it'll give you feedback on how this putter is performing. Right. And not only the putter performing, but when I kept doing, I, I, I needed to get a video of me making the putt. <laughs> yes, of course. It took a how little, many takes? It took a little longer than I wanted, <laughs> that I'm, I'm willing to admit. Yeah. It was for a little frustrating. And I didn't want to, you know, do a putt where there were like four balls behind the holes. So yeah, right. It knew right. that I, you know, that was my fifth uh, attempt. Um, but even taking a video of that, I noticed that I was a little off center in some of those hits, mm-hmm. and people don't people don't practice efficiently anymore. Well, mm. people don't have the time and and whatnot. Right. But even doing something as small as that, I didn't know I, I my putting stroke sometimes went off center that much. Yeah, uh, and it was kind of an eye opener, and it was like, all right, maybe that's something I have to work on. Maybe I have to put two tees down right. to make sure I go through the putter. Um, you know, on the same path that a common drill that we see on TV a lot, people yeah. doing the thing. So it's funny you say that because um, I, w- I did a review on one of the early Huntington Beach releases, and I did exactly what you just did. I just wanted to show me hitting a putt. Yeah, you know, to kind of give the sound of what the putt because sounds a big thing. Sure, you know? sound um, and feel. Sound and feel. You, I put it on Twitter, and you couldn't believe. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many people said, well, you hit that off the toe. It's like I was getting lessons just completely out of the blue. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, thanks. You know, I, I didn't hit it great. but did Leave you... it to Twitter universe to, to critique any little thing. Anything at all. Yeah. yeah. You always hit it off the toe? Yeah, probably. But anyway. All right. Well, we're uh, just running a little bit out of time, but we'll do, uh, we'll do more of these. Sure. Thanks for coming over to, to do this. I'm looking forward to... Uh, you know, you helping out. It'll be fun. We'll play uh, more golf. We'll test some more stuff. You're going to hear more than just my opinion on a lot of things, which I think is going to be valuable. Um, but then again, Twitter will be the judge of that. Just right. as <laughs> so, uh, Go easy on me, yeah. Twitter. You can follow Matt on uh, Instagram, uh, Liam1110. It's L-I-A-M. It is. And then on Twitter, Matthew Liam. Um, just Matthew Liam. Yeah, at Matthew Liam. So go give him. We got to get your follower base up. You're at a healthy 24 right now, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna get you up there though. But uh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs>